Today, we're talking about what self-sabotage actually is, and the answer might surprise you. Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast, where we're illuminating and dismantling all of the ways supremacy culture has impacted our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. Not just the overt ways, like racism, sexism, ageism, alcoholism, and all the other isms, but also the sneaky, cunning ways you wouldn't have thought of, like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, judgment, burnout, the not enoughs, and the hustle to achieve. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batuk, and I'm a relationship therapist, leadership development consultant, and author of the book series, Fierce Authenticity. Whether you're a returning listener or you're new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you and invite you to connect with me through the Fierce Authenticity newsletter community. If you're ready to rise above an inherited systematic invasion rooted in fear and lack so that you can calm and refocus those energies towards reclaiming a fiercely authentic personal relationship grounded in an abundance and love that is so radiant all your other relationships are elevated with you, then this is the space for you. I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com connect to join me. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be back here with you for another episode on a fresh new week. Today, we're kind of going to stick to that theme of everyday supremacy and how it shows up. And we're going to be expanding it just a little bit to talk about the phrase self-sabotage and what it actually is. So when we fall into everyday supremacy's trap of judgment and criticism, especially judgment and criticism of ourselves, what we end up doing if you're anything like me or others that I know, is you might start to get down on yourself. You might start to beat up on yourself and then you might end up not doing the thing, whatever the thing was that you were trying to do, whether that be pursue a new intimate romantic partnership, get a new job, start your business, grow your business, whatever it might be. And let's say in the beating up of yourself, all of a sudden now you're engaging in behaviors that most people would call self-sabotage. So let's paint the picture. Let's say that you're out here trying so hard to get a promotion. You've been working your butt off. Everything has been going smoothly. And now you're right there where you know reviews are coming up. You know there's a position open that you'd like to apply for. And then 
all of a sudden you hustle a little bit harder. You get into that perpetual harvest productivity mode just a little bit more, kicking it up a notch. And then all of a sudden you hit a wall, you crash, and then you totally regress and you're not able to complete whatever it is that you needed to complete in order to get your name thrown in the hat for that promotion. Or let's say that you're out there and you're trying to get back on the quote-unquote horse after an intimate romantic partnership ended. And so you've moved through your process, you've done the grieving, and now you're out there trying to look for another relationship, really opening yourself up to connection again. And you start dating these folks and it's like, yeah, they're all right. They're all right. They're all right. And then you start to freak out and you're like, oh my gosh, this one, this one, they're really awesome. But like, I can't be with them and all your imposter syndrome and not enough start to come up. And you're like, I can't be with them. Like they're too good for me. And then you start regressing and acting in ways that are not the powerful goddess that you are. Instead, you start getting really insecure, you start getting really nervous, and you start doing things that this intimate romantic partner is like, dude, who are you? You are not the person that I thought you were. And so they break up with you. And then you go into the like, oh, woe is me. I'm all alone. I suck at this. Just like in the first one, it would be, oh, woe is me. I hit my wall. I can't do this. Right? So in these two very seemingly opposite examples, most people would say, oh, that's just self-sabotage. You're just telling yourself you're not good enough. And then you're doing things that are sabotaging this. That's self-sabotage. You can change that. You can fix it. You can do it differently. Raise your hand if you have ever heard that. You can't see it, but I'm over here raising mine. And I imagine there are several of you out there listening who are either nodding your head in agreement, shaking your head with that, knowing, yeah, been there, done that, or raising your hand right here with me. And you see, the thing about self-sabotage is, and I am not going to lie to you, we are all about fierce authenticity here. And the thing is, there was a time even I bought into the lie that when we start to do things that are counter what we most desire, that we're in a self-sabotaging pattern. And that if we only shifted or changed our mindset, that we would be able to come back and push through and do the thing that we need or want to do in order to get the goal that we desire, whatever that goal might be, whether it be the promotion or the romantic relationship or landing a big new client or completing a book or launching your own podcast. I mean, whatever it might be, there is this misconception that if you just fuck the fear and you push through it, and you don't listen to that like self-sabotaging voice, that you'll be able to just push through and do it. And now, 
as you're listening to that, I want you to feel into the energy of that. The energy of like, fuck fear. Just keep pushing. Just do it. Don't listen to the voice of self-sabotage. You're just self-sabotaging yourself. Just keep going. Just keep pushing through. Y'all, what does that sound like? If you're saying that it sounds like force, (laughs) then you're right. You're absolutely right. We are forcing, we're pushing against, and quite frankly, we're doing what supremacy culture wants us to do, which is just go, 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 push, 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 force, 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 and really oppress, oppress, oppress. Because self-sabotage isn't actually sabotage. Nope. That's just one of the lies that has sprung forth from the well of supremacy culture's lies in order to keep beating up on yourself, right? Because if supremacy culture is not beating up on you and your parents aren't beating up on you or your boss isn't beating up on you, well, somebody has to beat up on you. And that somebody is going to be you. And so when we approach it from that place of being self-sabotage, it does feel like something we want to reject and push away and force and push through. And it is something, you know, again, another lie, another tool that we beat ourselves up with. And instead, what I want you to know is that what most people call self-sabotage is actually self-preservation. Yeah, just let that sink in. What is known today as self-sabotage is actually self-preservation. And I want you to notice the difference, the shift that you feel When you shift from hearing it as self-sabotage to self-preservation. (sighs) Ah, yeah. I imagine you can feel the disarming of the armor that wants to keep you in attack and defend and beating up on yourself when you refer to it as self-sabotage. And that instead, there's just like, ah, this softening and this deep breath, like this sigh of relief that comes when we shift it to think of, thinking about it as self-preservation. Ah, I know I feel it in my body just speaking it out loud and feeling into it. And so I'm just going to pause and breathe and, and notice what it feels like in my body. That shift from self-sabotage, tension, force, attack, defend, go, hustle, achieve, grind, push through, to <sighs> self-preservation. 
and the calmness that I feel, the gentleness that I feel, the ease that I feel, and quite frankly, the love and compassion that I feel for myself and for the parts of me that are acting out in these ways in order to help me, and that's help in quotes, air quotes, to help me stay safe in the ways that these parts know best. And if you've been with me for a while, then you know how our nervous systems have been programmed, conditioned, and attuned to any perceived sense of threat. Doesn't matter if that threat is real or imagined. Our nervous systems are highly tuned instruments. Always on the lookout. And when I say always on the lookout, I literally mean one-eighth of a second to one-twelfth of a second. That is how fast it takes for us to get into an, a survival-based, like, ah, must react. So when I say that it literally is all the time, like, that's how long it takes to react. And every quarter of a second... We're actually scanning our surroundings to see, are we safe or not? And so with nervous systems that are programmed to seek safety or to assess for safety every quarter of a second, that's a lot of freaking opportunities that you have for your nervous system to register anything personal, ancestral, intergenerational, or collective in your environment or in your experience that might signal a possible threat. And so what do we do when we see or feel or perceive that there is a threat? Yeah, we go into that tense up, tightened up, attack, defend, push through, make sure I can do the thing, uh, mobilization energy, or we completely collapse and can't do anything. Going into the immobilization energy. And it feels important actually to add the fawn response here as well. Because in the fawn response, we assess and we're like, oh shit, danger. Okay, let me act like them. And so you might actually start acting in ways that transgress your true values and beliefs and transgress who you are as a person because you want so badly to fit in with whoever it is that you think is in power or control of this thing that you are trying to do or get, okay? Now, that's just a side note. It felt really important to acknowledge that fawn response. And so you go into attack, defend, mobilize, total collapse, immobilize, or you go into, okay, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm just going to be just like them. And all of those energies 
are what mainstream culture, because, you know, mainstream culture is very much informed by supremacy culture, deems to be self-sabotage. And it keeps you in the perpetual loop of feeling tense, tight, walled off, defended, yucky, and closed off to connection. Even connection with parts of yourself who are scared and freaking out and going into that defensive energy. Because regardless of if you're immobilizing and going into freeze, or if you're mobilizing and going into fight or flight, or if you're freezing and then fight or flight mobilizing in fawn, all of those are the nervous system's defense mechanisms trying to protect you and keep you safe. So in the example of working really hard to get that promotion, if there is a part of you that has been conditioned to believe, whether that be personally, ancestrally, intergenerationally, or collectively, if there is a part of you that has been conditioned to believe that it is unsafe for you to be seen in this position of power or for you to even have a position of quote-unquote power, then of course your protector parts are going to kick up, sound the alarm bells, and activate self-preservation. Because it just wants to keep you safe. Same thing in the example with dating and romantic relationships. Whether it be personally, ancestrally, collectively, intergenerationally, that you have been conditioned to believe that actually romantic partnership isn't safe because I'll be seen or I'll get hurt. Or because all of the women in your family uh, end up getting into really bad relationships. Then of course, when you start to get really close with someone and in relationship that could actually be viable, that the protectors run in, sound the alarm bells, and pull you back to a place of safety. So the next time you find yourself going into one of these patterns and you find yourself going down supremacy's rabbit hole of, ah, oh, self-sabotage, ah, oh, push, force, go through it, ah, oh, must make it happen, ah, oh, beat up on myself because I suck and I'm horrible and I'm never going to get this thing, right? Keeping yourself in that loop. When you find yourself going there, instead, take a moment. To pause, to breathe, and to notice. To notice that you're falling down supremacy's trap to keep you further oppressed. And that instead you can simply get curious. What's going on with me? That parts of me are feeling so afraid, 
that they feel like they have to sound the alarm bells in an attempt to keep me safe. And it is through that compassionate curiosity that you will start to shift this pattern from everyday supremacy's belief system that this is self-sabotage in one more way to beat up on yourself and keep yourself oppressed to recovery's way, to healing's way by simply getting curious and noticing and observing what's going on. Because from that space, you can harness that energy and become allies in partnership with one another instead of working against each other. Because remember, supremacy wants to keep us separated, isolated, defended, even when that's within ourselves. So rather than working against these parts of you, I'm going to invite you to really just just make that tiny shift. The tiny shift that these parts are here to protect you, to preserve your safety, and to help you in the best way that they see fit so that you can create an alliance rather than continue to operate in the divisiveness. So over the next week, give that a try. And please send me a DM at Sharani M. Batak and let me know how did that simple practice work for you? What was that simple shift like? And what did you notice differently when you made that tiniest of adjustments? And I will be back next week with a fresh new episode. Until then, take really good care. I want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge the amazing support team that helps make this podcast possible for you. Starting with Diego Velazquez, our podcast editor and the talented artist who created our custom music. Ana Olvina, my wonderful assistant who creates all of our beautiful graphics and the transcript of every episode, which you can find over at www.fierceauthenticity.com. Biana Sandich, who writes our amazing show notes and does it so well that I bet you couldn't tell it wasn't me. The talented Jillian at Epoxy Studios, whose photography is our cover art and pretty much every other curated image that you see of me on social media. My husband, who puts up with me when it's 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm like, hey babe, I gotta record a podcast episode. Like, right now. Is that okay? My higher power, 
whose divine wisdom flows through me to bring these messages to you. And last but not least, I want to thank you, my listener, so much for listening in. If you'd like to join the podcast support team, some ways you can do so are by rating and reviewing the podcast, sharing it with everyone you know, and if possible, making a financial contribution through the link in the show notes so that you too can be part of the team elevating this podcast and making it possible to bring to other listeners like you. I'm sending you so much love and we will be together again soon.